it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Alrighty, welcome back to episode 93, the Indomicon Sioux episode of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. We are I can't be the only one. Can you name somebody else who has who's at number 93? Maybe Sheldon Richardson at one point or another, but it's gotta be Indomicon Sioux. He's been 93 everywhere everywhere he went. I guess. That just doesn't seem like uh the, the best fitting of numbers. Um but either way. I guess that's it. I guess that's all we have. The Indomitian Sioux episode. So we are going to recap week four of the NFL, go, go into week five, talk about a few other things. But first and foremost, we've got to kick off the episode with this one. We cursed Bill O'Brien. I mean, we started – Yeah, Bill, Bill O'Brien definitely gets his own award this week. Yeah, and if we're not going to give it to the guy that got fired, I have a very, very close second who, in my eyes, could have been in the running for it. And it's Kyle Shanahan for not pulling Nick Mullins sooner in that football game. Yeah, you. Th- I don't know about that because the Eagles were up a lot when they they were up what two scores when they put um, C.J. Beathard in. So then you get into the the prevent defense, just not trying to let up big yardage. Yeah. So I don't know if that was all. Hey, C.J. Beathard's way better than Nick Mullins. Also, maybe Bill Belichick for not pulling Brian Hoyer quick enough either because he really fucked that game for them. Yeah, that was horrible. I don't even know why they started him in the first place. I mean, Brian Uh, Hoyer's got to be the world's worst decision maker in the red zone. Yeah, not good. Bill Belichick, though, probably not too deserving of it. No. No. Just for that, you got to give it to Bill O'Brien. I mean, you take that Texans team and you start 0-4. That's worthy of your own award at that point. Well, not only that, a team that not only are you, are you the coach of, you're like Jackie Moon. You're fucking, you're the GM. You pay the salaries or you make, you, you make, you do contract negotiations. You traded away Sammy Watkins, not Sammy Watkins, um, DeAndre Hopkins. So you – he made his bed. Now he had to lie in it. So absolutely he should be Bill O'Brien should get the Bill O'Brien award, which leads me to ask. So we've had week one was, I don't remember who week one was. It was Dan. No, it wasn't Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's been the last two weeks. Oh man. That's going to bother me now. Yeah. We can't even remember our own award. Well, I mean, shit. Got so many nominations. Oh, it's Vic Fangio. Yes, Vic Fangio won a week one. Dan Dan Quinn won it the last two weeks, week two and week three. And now Bill O'Brien finally gets the Bill O'Brien Award, which was going to lead us into two kind of subtopics. A, should we still call it the Bill O'Brien Award? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Possibly the worst coach in history in terms of decision-making. Or should we rename it when the next coach gets fired? (laughs) 
No, it'll it'll no. be it'll be the Bill the Bill O'Brien butt chin award of the week. Um, exactly. Which leads me into my next point. Who's who's next? We always know coaches get shit canned midseason, uh, maybe even closer to the end. Uh, there's a lot of names floating out there that I think could be deserving of it. Who do you think's the next coach that'll be fired? The, the two that are like right in line are Adam Gase and Dan Quinn. Uh, I would argue and say Adam Gase probably prolonged it a little bit after last week. He played, played a pretty good game. Dan Quinn has just been horrible all year. Yeah, I just feel like Atlanta is too stuck with Dan Quinn. If they didn't fire him after how he's done the last, what, two years? I feel like they're just trying to maybe, I don't know, buy him some time. But uh, I feel like those are definitely the two that are on the next list. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to fire the guy in with the Giants, Joe Judge. It's his first year. Everyone in the NFC East is their first year except for Doug Peterson. Because I was looking at them. and They're not going to fire Doug Peterson. They're not. So Doug Peterson is on my hot seat. And this is what I'm thinking is what will it take for him to get fired? If anything, uh, he won the Super Bowl three years ago and then back to back nine and seven seasons. Like when is the tipping point? Cause Philadelphia fans are ruthless. Yeah. What's the tipping uh, point for Doug Peterson to kind of get on that hot seat to be fired? Cause he I has think, done nothing with that offense. I think as long as you're in contention for the NFC East, he's going to have that job, which this year it's going to be all fucking season. I mean, it might be a six and 10, seven and nine division winner out of that, out of that league, out of that division this year. Their schedule is tough. I don't see them getting more than seven wins. So, I mean, if you look at a potential, what would that be? Six, nine and one season. That's not good. Uh, he will, he will make it the rest of the year. He won't get fired. One person that I think will, will get looked at two people and they're in the NFC North. It's um, the guy for the Lions. What's his name? I don't name? think Matt Patricia is is that close. He's taken over. He took over a shitty team to begin with two years ago, three yeah. years ago. And honestly, they just haven't really had many opportunities to do anything. They're trying to build out the team. Yeah, they I just don't. The Cardinals. I don't, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, we'll talk about that later on the podcast. But my other one is the guy in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer. Is it? It's Zimmer, right? Yeah, that dude's a loser. Yeah, so he (laughs) – I think everyone in the NFC West is safe. Everyone in the AFC West is safe for now. Looking at you, Vic Fangio. Um, NFC South. You can't really blame Vic Fangio. He's gotten just the shittiest deal of cards ever. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the NFC South if anyone is on the fireable. Oh, Dan Quinn, obviously. Um, So mine – I have another one, another one in the hot seat, another Doug. The AFC South, it's Doug Marone. Oh, yeah. In Jacksonville? I think, like, bought himself some time with the the first couple weeks of the season. And then, just like I said, Jaguars are showing their true colors. Oh, yeah. Uh, And they're about to probably more than likely, I would guess, hand the Texans their first win this weekend. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later, too. I'm not trying to show my hand too much, but I do have that game in our DeGeneres Digest slate later. Um but yeah, so you know, Bill O'Brien won the Bill O'Brien Award. We think, obviously, I, I think to me, if I had to have my choosing of who I think is going to go next, it's going to be Dan Quinn. Because if you look at their game this weekend against Carolina, that is not an easy W. And if they move to zero and five with the talent they have, you're in, you're in fucking trouble. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of the talent they have, I was looking at this earlier. I want to talk about this landing spots for Trevor Lawrence. Cause I don't think, I think he's undoubtedly obviously going to go number one or someone's going to trade up to get him at number one. And I was looking at the teams that could possibly get him, And it kind of scares me because being a fan of Trevor Lawrence and wanting him to do good in the NFL almost worries me if the jets are going to finally give up on Sam Darnold and take him at number one. It's going to be one of the New York teams. And then I was thinking, well, if you're the Falcons, could you possibly tank out, get an awesome, like imagine that offense with Trevor Lawrence in it, all the weapons they have. And then I looked at it, those dumbasses have Matt Ryan locked up for the next three years, paying him an ass ton of money. Yeah, but you can always cut him and, I mean, take, take a little bit of a cap hit. It's not going to be an astronaut. I mean, it's going to hurt. But Matt Ryan's. I mean, he is him. I'll talk about Drew Brees later. But Matt Ryan's got a fucking noodle arm, dude. Well, did you know? I'm sure you didn't know this. Matt Ryan's cap hit over the next two years, next year and the following is $40 million. Jesus. And he's what, 37, 36 years old? Yeah. I think so. This is like this when they sign him to his extension this year is his cheapest year. And then next year and the following year are the more expensive ones the way it's laid out. Well, that's, sorry, Atlanta fans, but that's why is how long is Julio Jones is locked up, right? But. As soon as Calvin Ridley's out of that rookie deal, he's fucking gone. I mean, if he has Matt Ryan throwing soon, that's what I'm saying. I was like, dude, Atlanta would be the perfect spot for Trevor Lawrence. And then I looked up, even if you want to teach him under Matt Ryan for a year, which I don't know if you'd want to do that with Trevor so, Lawrence. I'm going to interject here because if Adam Gase does get fired, the next coach that comes in, that'll be Sam Donald's third head coach. They're probably going to take that job and say, I am not committing to Sam Darnold. Like I'm going to get, go get my quarterback. And I think that'll be, if Gase is fired, which he undoubtedly will be at some point, that will be the end of the Sam Darnold era in New York. He may go on somewhere else to have a, to have a, a great career because the kids got fucking talent. He's made some dumb decisions, but he was also came in the league when he was 20 years old. Yeah. And why I don't think it'll be the giants that take Trevor Lawrence is because, I mean, this is, Daniel Jones' second year, I don't think they're going to give up on him just after two years. Again, though, you have a head coach with the Giants who didn't draft Daniel Jones. Like, when guys take over head coaching positions, they always tell the GM, eventually at one point or another, I'm going to start bringing my guys in, my branded guys. So unless Joe Judge took that job and was like, yes, I'm committed to Daniel Jones, I, I nothing is a guarantee. Same thing with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. They fucking drafted um, Josh Rosen in the first round. Fired their head coach after one year, brought in Cliff Kingsbury, and he drafted Kyler Murray and just said, see ya, Rosen. And now Rosen's on practice squad in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, a lot can happen. Yeah. And then, of course, the last team I think that would be in the running would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that would take them to lose out almost and then fire their head coach probably. See, I, but that, you look at the Falcons and the Jets and the Giants – and I mean, not maybe not the Falcons, but Matt Ryan is old, so maybe so. But you look at the Jets and the Giants compared to Jacksonville, and I don't think I mean Gardner Minshew doesn't play bad football. No, but he's not the guy to get you the next level. No, but it's, Jacksonville's got a defensive problem because they traded away all their defensive players. Yeah, like they are rebuilding for the future, uh, which a lot of the first move when a lot of teams rebuild for the future is quarterback. I don't think they drafted Gardner Minshew looking forward to the future. 
Yeah, that's true. He was a six-round pick. But we'll talk about that later on in the season. But week four, I think, was better. Again, I think the quality was a little bit better. Officiating is still horrendous. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm not a lot of people that are listening has probably watched the Dolphins-Seahawks game. But there are a few questionable calls there. There were some questionable calls in – fuck, what, what game was it? I don't remember, but like, I just saw way too many flags being thrown again this week. Um, flags and just football in general, college football was horrible. Uh, the 11 o'clock slate on Saturday, Mizzou and uh, TCU and Texas started the same time at 11 o'clock. Mizzou's third quarter was over, over and TCU, Texas was just coming out of halftime because of the amount of flags in the first half. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Some of those college games, like I'm, I'm, I always wonder, like, why do people enjoy college over the NFL? Because sometimes those games take four or five hours. I, you want to know the problem is they have got to knock it off with the stop clock on first downs. That's what it is. Yeah, that's true. I it takes 15 that. seconds to get the ball spotted and get everyone lined up. Yeah, we got to stop treating. And another, so that's the rule I, want, I wanted to get rid of in college. Another one is. Um, whenever you fall down, you're down. Like that's I understand that in high school, but if no one's touched, you should be able to get back up and run. Because I mean, we see it, we saw it happen in the NFL where, damn, what was that week two or week three? That guy fell down and the defender didn't touch him because he is a rookie and was like, "Fuck, I don't touch this guy." Uh, the the cornerback out of Florida, yes, yeah, CJ Henderson, the guy for the uh, Jaguars. Yeah, against he Miami, played the, he played the Dolphins. Yep, Jakeem Grant caught a pass, fell down. And he's like, I don't touch him. He's down. Like five yards in front of him, and they got up, and he ran another seven. Yeah. Like, they got to quit treating these college kids like like they're high schoolers. Yep. I agree. But, ref, I don't know what's worse right now in the NFL, officiating or defense. Well, I so Travis uh, mentioned this to me on Sunday, and I just think the rules of the game have evolved as to the point where they favor the offense so much which if you think about it from a business standpoint, it makes sense for the NFL and college and football in general, because whenever there's more points scored, people are going to watch more. It's more entertaining. Um, there was a record set. I heard him talking about on the broadcast this weekend. There's a record amount of points scored the first three weeks of the, of the NFL season, like ever, which. Yeah. It's going to break records because do you, I don't even think it's necessarily that much of a rule standpoint or penalty standpoint rather than, I just see wide open people on every single fucking play. It's like Madden. Madden come Madden's real life now. Okay, but I got I got to think about this too. You got to think about it. Whenever you're a up and coming star in high school, and you're like the most talented kid on the team, or even in college, what do you want to play? Do you want to play offense or defense? Well, I mean, in high school, most people play both sides of the ball. But you want to play offense because that's where all the glory's at. And so that's, I got to think about that. I'm like, man, I wonder for a lot of the, like the best talent that we see coming out of college or going into high school, into college, they say, fuck you. I don't, I don't want to play defense. I'll play offense. And we have this, that much more talented offensive weapons in the NFL than defensive weapons. Yeah, that could be the case. It's just like, and I know it sounds sad to say, but coming from a gambling standpoint, cause I mean, really that's the only reason I watch games to have an interest in them. If it's not my team, like it's just so hard to watch when there's just no defense at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. And people who 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Call you to Jenner for betting on a game and just to watch it. Like they can fuck off because I would have not. I would have not have. I would not even have had the Sunday night game on my TV, and I definitely would have wouldn't have watched that Chiefs Patriots game last night Monday night for as long as I did. Yeah, maybe for the first quarter, and then be like, all right, or even the or even the Packers Falcons for that matter. I thought it was gonna be interesting, and it really wasn't. It kind of sucked. Yeah, it's been there's been a very lack of primetime games this year in the. Primetime games that you would think would be bad have actually been the better ones. I agree. And then you have those noon games where there's like eight of them and they're fucking amazing. But probably let this drag on too long. Um, we're a quarter of the way through the NFL season, which is crazy to think about. Um, four weeks in, most of the teams have played, um, you know, a, a quarter of their schedule. Looking at you, Titans and Titans for getting COVID. Um, you, you're the, you're, you and the Steelers are the only ones that haven't. But um, there are some dudes that are balling out. So obviously you got to start looking at the MVP race. I have three people that I think can win it. Um, Probably have the same three. Uh, I'll just go with my number one so I can steal it from you. It's Russell Wilson. Yep. Uh, a lot of people might have my number two guy over him, but there's undoubtedly no way. 1,285 passing yards, 16 TDs and two picks. Dude's got 75% completion rate, which is unbelievable. Uh, highest pass per attempt at 9.4 yards. Highest passer rating at 136. 95 rushing yards, zero rushing touchdowns, and zero fumbles. So only two turnovers accounted for. I'll take that through three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I It's pretty much a tie between me, between Russell Wilson and my, my other guy I have. But I'll say this one thing about Russell Wilson. Um, he's on pace for 64 touchdowns this year, which would beat Peyton Manning's record of 55 by nine. So pretty impressive. Obviously, he won't pace that all year long. He only threw two on Sundays against the Dolphins. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, him and for me, him and Aaron Rodgers are about on the same, uh, on the same level because my definition of envy of, of an MVP, this third guy also is kind of the definition of that as well. But if you take Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson off their teams, they are dog shit. Now I Especially think with the talent, I don't know. I think so. Here, here, None of them have a supporting cast. that's that great. Here's what I was going to say. I think, Green Bay would fare a little bit better because they have a stud running back in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Whereas Russell, this Seattle really only has Chris Carson and he's good, but without, without Russell Wilson, I don't think he's, I don't think he's great. Uh, but still Aaron Rodgers is on pace for 52 touchdowns, which is still amazing over 50. Um, I watched him last night and he can just, his hard count. He has confidence in the pocket on third and t- like the amount of third and longs he converts is fucking insane. And it's impressive. So, yeah. I mean, the dude's football IQ is very, very high. Um, for me, I think that as of right now, didn't think you'd keep it up. Josh Allen slightly. Yep. I gave him the slight nudge over him because he has um, the most good. yards yep. out of all of them passing, but only 12 passing touchdowns, one pick. Uh, and honestly, his rushing, his scrambling out of the pocket hasn't been as much in previous years. He has 83 rushing yards, which Russell Wilson has more. Three rushing touchdowns but he's lost two fumbles. So his turnovers for me 
is what gave him uh, kind of that second. I have him at second in that second place spot with Aaron Rodgers tailing right behind him. Yeah, I have Josh Allen as my dark horse. I just think in the national media, like if you're looking at gambling value, like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but the national media is not going to give a fucking MVP to somebody from Buffalo. I mean, no, I, know he's for- I don't think he, he really deserves – I mean, he's good, don't get me wrong. I feel like it's the way that Sean McDermott uses Josh Allen that's even putting him out there. Yeah. I mean, the dude's pacing for 48 touchdowns and 5,300 passing yards, which is amazing. Like, good for him. I think it'll end up being where he is not going to be in that discussion four to six weeks from now because – I think Buffalo start to they're four and zero. They're not going to be four and zero. They're not going to be undefeated for very much longer. Um, I know I keep saying that, but I truly believe it because they play in close game after close game every I mean, single. They're a good team, and they're they're going to win the division. Probably don't get me wrong, but Oof. like I said, it's the way that they use Josh Allen because I said this uh, for a couple, to a couple of my friends on Sunday. The Bills hadn't had a rushing touchdown by a running back since week nine of last year until Sunday. That's crazy. So anytime they're within the one, two yard line, Josh Allen roll out and in or Josh Allen QB sneak. That's what it's been. Yeah. So I will say this more somebody at Buffalo who probably won an award that's not named Josh Allen is McDermott will probably win coach of the year, year. which he should. Yeah, for sure. I mean, did a great job with how he's turned the bills around so fast. Yeah, he has. He has. So um, that's our MVP. We've already done like a little bit of a week four recap. So we want to do something for you guys. We're rolling the week five. We have our first official bye weeks. I know we had some unexpectedly last week with the Steelers and the Titans not being able to play due to COVID. Thankfully, the Chiefs and Patriots were. Um, but we're going to do another stardom sit We have our first official scheduled bye week. Um, we got the Packers, who we were just talking about, and the Lions on by, which means no Aaron Jones, no Aaron Rodgers, no Robert Tanyan, which I called I called that motherfucker a couple weeks ago. Um, and, the, you know, Lions, you don't have Stafford, Galladay, Hawkinson, Swift, Peterson, um, which I got to think about that, Travis. That trade you made today, like you gave him a running back who's not playing this week. Yeah, sucks for him. My but, Good thing I got a wide receiver that already had his bye last week. Um, regardless, we've done this, what, twice now? This will be our third time, yeah. Yeah, so this is our third time. We're doing start, sit, QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So well, if you have Aaron Rodgers or Stafford or Aaron Jones or Kenny Galladay, this is going to be a big episode for you. Yeah. this My start for QB is going to be one that probably is not rostered a lot. He's rostered in actually just over 15% of leagues. Wow, are you kidding me? Justin Herbert versus yep. Saints. Yep. Uh, if you have Rodgers or if you were even maybe starting Stafford, which honestly hasn't been terrible, not an unfavorable matchup versus Saints. They've let up over 20 points every week to quarterbacks that they've faced, not to mention Herbert's averaging 23 points per week. Yeah. Uh, Travis kind of stole my thunder there. Uh, you know, I kind of see that trend continuing on Monday night. So mine's also Justin Herbert. I roll into my sit. Real quick, uh, mine's going to be Tom Brady. I almost picked him. Mine's going to be Tom Brady for the Bucks. I know I'm the probably one of the biggest Tom Brady haters out there, but the dude's been balling out this year. Um, really, on Sunday, he carried that team to a win on Sunday. Um, yeah. 
And I think Tampa Bay beats, beats the Bears on Sunday, but they're playing the Bears who have a very stout defense. Um, I don't see him lighting up the scoreboard. Bears are second in the league against fantasy quarterbacks. They're allowing 9.1 points per game less than the league average against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. So keep that in mind. We know Brady's kind of tends in previous years to kind of have a few dip weeks in fantasy. I see that being one of those, but I still think Tampa Bay win, wins the ball game. Yeah, I mine would have been a little bit contradictory to our primetime pick later to sit him. So I didn't, I didn't want to root uh, against my own picks there. Uh, my sit is going to be Matt Ryan versus the Panthers. We talked about his noodle arm. Uh, Matt Ryan had a, some garbage time points yeah. uh, last week. Or no, I'm sorry. The Panthers let up garbage time points last week to Kyler Murray because they were up so damn much. Outside of that, nobody scored over 17 points versus the Panthers this year. Everyone was worried about their young secondary. They weren't going to be good. They've been shutting some quarterbacks down. Uh, so I think that they do the same versus old noodle arm Matt. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that pick even more. I'll talk about that in, in DeGeneres Digest. But also, Matt Ryan is the king of the check down. Like, the amount of passes he checked down in that Monday night game against a horrendous Packers defense was ridiculous. Yeah, so, it was bad how the number one fantasy wide receiver didn't even get a catch. Goose egg. Packers defense. See, I was worried. I was up by like 50 or 60 points against a, a player going into Monday night, but he had Crosby, Mason Crosby, um, Calvin Ridley, and Todd Gurley. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he could theoretically still come back and, and take this thing. Um, but that was all put to rest. So, very right. Important. Right. Running backs. Uh, I'll roll into my first running back start Kenyon Drake versus the Jets. You're Dude, doing I it. Mean, we talked about this all day. Travis and I foreclosure. Travis and I talked about this all day long because Travis has Kenyon Drake in one league. We're both in the same league in, in both leagues, but he has Kenyon Drake in one and I have Kenyon Drake in the other. We're talking like, what the fuck do we do with this guy, man? So Travis this is, is right. Is this right. is it. This is my last, last ditch ever. Don't give up hope on him just yet. Like Jared said, we both own him in separate leagues. And I'm not going to give up on him until he they just quit giving him the ball, which is not the case. Yes, the last two weeks, the Cardinals have been playing from behind. So obviously, running backs get the ball a lot less when they're trying to make up a big point differential. Um, so they abandoned the run game. But the volume is still there. They are playing the Jets. If he cannot put up, Double digits versus the Jets. It's time to move on. Start him, though. Do not bench him this week. Can't. Okay. That leads into my start. My start's going to be Jarek McKinnon for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he's become the lead back in the Bay with Coleman and Mostert on the sidelines. Um, he was in for – listen to this one. He was in for 92% of San Francisco's offensive snaps last week against Philly. That's a sh- – what was that? 30 snaps? Yeah, it wasn't a lot, but he was in, he was in for a majority of them. Um, and they face uh, our Dolphins this week, who are one of the worst teams in the league against fantasy running backs. They allow 27.6 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, even though they were in that game last week, Chris Carson had a big day, um, two touchdowns. So, you know. I mean, just like, I mean, they whooped the shit out of the Jaguars, and James Robinson had a huge day. Yeah, they just can't seem to stop running backs. I mean, so 
Um, especially if Byron Jones is back, I think San Francisco – and if Jimmy GQ doesn't play, I can see them wanting to run the ball a lot. So um, start Jarrett McKinnon this week. All right. My sit at running back is going to be Miles Sanders. Mine too. Really? Yep, swear to God. Loving it. Uh, Miles Sanders versus Steelers. They're coming off a week in which Sanders played the number one run defense last week, uh, and he scored eight points. This week he's playing a number two run defense, and I only see similar results. Uh, The Steelers have only allowed one touchdown to running backs this year, and they play Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, and David Johnson. So I know a lot of people probably can't afford to sit Miles Sanders, but he's not going to have a big day. I mean, if you really want to leave him in your lineup, put him in a flex, but even then I wouldn't even do that. I would absolutely sit this man. Um, If he was on my team, he'd be on my bench regardless of who I had to start. Even if you have to take a flyer on, fuck, I don't even know, a good running back out there that you could probably pick up. I mean, honestly, Edo Smith on Sunday got some touches, or last night got some touches in Atlanta. Just somebody. I just don't see Miles Sanders doing a whole lot. Um, so he's mine as well. Um, yeah, uh, the one thing I'll throw in there about Pittsburgh, Travis said, is they allow, have only allowed one touchdown all year to running backs. They also allow eight points less per game than the league average, which is a shitload. Eight points less to running backs. So yeah. keep that in mind. I mean – Week one, Saquon Barkley had 11 carries for eight yards. Yeah, so. <laughs> they shut him the fuck down. Um, so you, can't, you can't justify against that, especially when the Eagles' offensive line is horrible. It's bad. It's horrible. bad. I feel bad for Carson Wentz, actually, after watching that game more. Watching one of the – Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll throw in the receivers real quick. Uh, my start is going to be Justin Jefferson for Minnesota. Um, this pains me to say it because I drafted him in a league – and then I cut him after two weeks because he only had six targets through two weeks. He was my number one rookie heading into the year. He, he was, but he seemed to have picked it up. I dropped him. Um, he only had six targets in the first two weeks. He's had 14 targets over the last two weeks. He appears to be finding his rhythm in that offense with Kirk Cousins, and they play a Seattle team who's worse in the league against wide receivers. I mean, just look what Devontae Parker did to them on Sunday. Yes, he didn't get in the end zone, but he ate him up, 10 catches for 110 yards, and Justin Jefferson – has the exact same body frame as Devontae Parker, maybe a little bit smaller in, in terms of weight, but I can see him having a big day on Sunday against that really, really depleted Seattle secondary. Yeah, I mean, for Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson is just like Stefan Diggs, but bigger target, so it makes it way yeah. easier. Uh, my start is going to be the ultimate sleeper pick you can imagine. Tim Patrick versus the Patriots. Um I had no choice to do this only because he's owned in 1% of fantasy leagues. He has taken over the role of Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton can no longer be in the game. I mean, outside of that, Jerry Judy has proven that he can't really have trustable hands. Drew Locke. Uh, He mossed somebody last week. He did. He did moss somebody, but they were playing the Jets. Drew Locke might be coming back. Tim Patrick has been the go-to guy. He's second on the team in targets. Um, so I can see Gilmore covering up Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick leaving himself to have a decent day versus a very vulnerable Patriots defense who has allowed, you ready for this, through four weeks, they've allowed seven touchdowns to fantasy wide receivers. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I like that pick. I like Tim Patrick. I've streamed him in a couple of DFS uh, lineups I mean, this year. Like I was going to say, like if you don't start him in, in your fantasy league, be sure to pick him up in DFS. Yeah, he's a, he's a good deal. Like he was like three grand or something like that. Um, so, Super cheap. I like that. 
Um, rolling into my sit at wide receiver. My sit's going to be any Rams wide receiver this week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Um, for two reasons, really. Um, I know they play Washington, but the football team is second best against fantasy wide receivers. Um, the Washington football team is second best against fantasy, fantasy wide receivers. And the Rams offense looked very sluggish last week against the Giants. They have to travel all the way across the country to go to Washington. And golf spreads the ball out a lot. Way too comfortable, way too much for me to feel comfortable starting a Rams wide receiver. So if you have one on your team this week, you can afford to sit them. I'll maybe look at, look at possibly doing that. Yeah, I have Cooper Cup in a league. Um, don't know if I will be able to sit him. I know I have people I can replace him with. He got propped but up by a big time touchdown last week. I know he did, and that's like that's what happens. Like last year, he did the same thing. Like dude finds the end zone. He's got a fucking nose for the end zone, so it's just so hard to sit him. Um, but I don't mind that pick at all. Outside of him, because honestly, he's the the only thing they got. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have like Josh Reynolds or Robert Woods, I would definitely sit those guys. Yeah. My sit is a guy that I pains me to pick because I love him so much. Jarvis Landry versus the Colts. Jarvis has been a big letdown this year. Except uh, for last week when he threw that fucking 60-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, he had to throw it is what I'm saying because Baker's been so obsessed and his only going to OBJ, which, I mean, took OBJ long enough to get some work in Cleveland. But to add to that, Jarvis has only seen 19 targets all year long, and the Colts' defense has been rock solid against wide receivers. I almost picked OBJ, but the way that he's been performing, you cannot sit him. So if you have – I know a lot of people are like borderline, should I put Jarvis in, should I sit him? Go ahead and sit him this week versus the Colts because they have the best defense in fantasy. Yeah. Yep, I agree so with that. Pick to start the year. Yeah. I have, I have Jarvis in, in one of our leagues, and he's been on my bench. I think this will be the third week in a row now. Obviously, I hurt last week, but I still ended up winning. But I definitely agree with that one. Um, let's roll into tight ends. My tight ends. Stardom for me this week is going to be Eric Ebron in, uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, the reason why, he had a quiet start to the year, but in week three, he boomed. He had a 13.7-point performance in week three. Obviously, he was on a bye last week. Philly's the third-worst team in the league against tight ends. So, I mean, if you really, really need a stream of tight end, do that. I did that last week with Hawkinson, and it, and it worked out well. Like So, streaming tight ends may not be a bad play. So, look, take a look at Eric Ebron if you absolutely need one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like our tight end picks have been pretty booming uh, you had Tanyan, I had Mo'Ally Cox, both scored big touchdowns that week. 
So I like that. Fucking Tanyan scored three last night. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, my tight end start is going with my QB pick. Super big pair up. It's going to be Hunter Henry versus Saints. Uh, goes with Herbert. Like I said, if you're going to start him, the Saints let up a shit ton of points in general. So Henry is bound to find the end zone because he has not this year. So why not pick him? Because the Saints have let up one touchdown at least to a tight end in every single game. Not to mention Hunter Henry second in the team in targets as a tight end even. So his volume is going to be high. They're going to put up points. He should find the end zone this week. I like that. I've always been a big Hunter Henry supporter, even when he's coming out of college. This was back when we dated back to like us being St. Louis Rams fans. We needed a tight end. I wanted the Rams to draft Hunter Henry. So love that pick. My sit this week is going to be our guy, Mike Kosicki in Miami. Um, he's got to have the right matchup for you to start him. Uh, Mike Kosicki, uh, I think Devontae Parker's role is increasing. Fitzpatrick clearly likes Devontae Parker, targeted him a bunch. He had 10 catches on Sunday. Um, and if that continues to happen, his value only diminishes. And plus he's going against San Francisco, who is the second best team in the league against fantasy tight ends. That is not a great matchup. I think they have a lot of solid linebackers there in San Francisco. So um, I would look to avoid Mike Kosicki this week for, for the Dolphins. Okay. My sit is going to be on Thursday night. It's Jimmy Graham versus the Bucks. Jimmy Graham has been propped up on touchdowns uh, for the two performances that he had. They were decent this year. The two games that he hasn't found the end zone, he scored two and five. Bucks have only let up one touchdown to tight ends all year long, so I don't see old man Graham getting in the end zone. So go ahead and bench him. All righty. Well, that's our fantasy advice. Um, so real quick, before we roll into this week's DeGeneres Digest pick uh, picks, I will roll it over to Travis, and he'll give us an update on how we have done. We had a really, really good weekend this past weekend. Yeah, so this will incentivize you to listen to our picks this year or this week. I was up only 0.58 units last week after a bad, bad start on Saturday. Turned it around Sunday and Monday, 0.58. Jarrett finished up 16, uh, no. 16, 9.11 units on the week, which 9.11. Not, yeah, not and last a, week I was down 6. 6.66. Yeah, you got to knock it off with these numbers. <laughs> but regardless, we finished up 13.08 units just last week. We are up right around 17 in football season. So if you aren't tailing our picks, you're a fool because they're uh, free. Hell yeah, they're free 99. So with that being said, let's take a break. Let's roll into our picks and we'll see you on the other side. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. I just rattled off our picks from, not picks, but basically how we've been doing on the year. And might be a little bit of this confidence juice that we drink every week. We haven't done this in a while. Jarrett, what do you got? I was doing some claws trying to watch the figure because I put on a little bit of poundage since the start of football season. 
But now I'm doing the uh, the Black Trulies, drinking one of the strawberry lemonade Black Trulies right now. They always hit nice. Okay. I got, I don't know if any of you have had this, the, St- the Stiegel Rattler. It's a grapefruit beer from Austria. They're always, uh, they always slap from time to time to get, get a little Dude. switch up from regular beer. Don't don't they serve those at a uh, bird and barrel by the old office? Uh I'm not sure. They're out they're at a there's like super hard to find. Oh. I'm pretty I've had a can. It wouldn't was, surprise me. I've had a beer from there that looks just like that before. It probably is. Yeah, that weren't yeah. Uh, kind of expensive, but if you see one, go try one. So uh, that's what, so next week I'm going to go out and I was going to do it today, but I'm going to go out and find something I've never drank before and try it on the podcast next week. Cause I haven't done that in forever, but I might do the same. So we can both do it and yeah. give the listeners a good or shitty drink to drink. You never know. Uh, the generous digest primetime picks. Then we'll have our five extra, uh, lock of the week, upset of the week. Usual Thursday night. We've talked about this and a few other things. Bucks at bears. Bucks are six point favorites. Uh, over uh, move to five and a half. Okay. Didn't really matter to me. Yeah. I didn't pick that over under is 44. What do you got? I'm going to do bucks at minus five and a half. Um, I'm going to do two units on it um, to win 1.9. Uh, you want to know why? Why? I did. So I did some, my research for this one, this game, because I was like, I think that, Tom Brady's pretty good on Thursday night football and come to find out he is. He's six and one on Thursday night football. He hasn't lost Thursday night football games since 2008. Um, And his teams have had an average margin of victory in those Thursday night games of 12.3 points. Um, So to me, that's a stat you absolutely cannot ignore. Uh, I think the bucks will win this game. I think the bears are stuck on a quarterback controversy that does not help. Um, And I think the bucks will easily win by six plus points. So Give me the bucks at two units. Okay. I am going with the over of 44. Um, Their defenses have been just very hit or miss. We've already talked about how defenses just in general in the NFL have not been great. So I just took the gamble with the over. I thought that if the bucks, because I was leaning that initially, I thought that they were going to have to cover this game, that they were going to actually have to put up points to do so a good amount of them. So I just went ahead and took the over because 44 is pretty low. And I just, I don't know, just had a gut feeling about it. The Thursday night games have been pretty high scoring. I will, I will tell you that this year. Um, I think every single Thursday night game so far, the over 44 would have, would have hit. Maybe not my, nope. Miami and Jacksonville would have pushed, but still. Um, I don't hate that pick. I just worry that the Bears aren't going to put up enough points to cover that. Um, that's my but, only thought, but I just wasn't comfortable with the five and a half on the Bucks side. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I leaned a lot. Of, I leaned a lot of over unders last week. I'm doing a lot of spreads this week. So I'm rolling doing into opposite. Sunday. What? I'm doing opposite. Nice. So we'll give the people a little bit of variety there. Let's roll into Sunday night football. Um, Sunday night. Um, regardless that the Vikings are one and three, I still think, still think this will be a fun game. Uh, you got the Vikings. At Seattle, Seattle's seven-point favorites, and the over/under is fifty-eight, which is a little high. Um, but Travis, what do you lean here? Do these teams score so many points that I love the over here? Which is why I'm taking the under of fifty-eight. I have two units on that. It's just kind of that like 
love it, but it's it's just way too high. 58 points for an NFL game is way too high. It is. I took the over, uh, I think it was 57, 58 last week uh, in the Monday night game. Uh, Packers-Falcons, that obviously didn't even come close. Uh, so I don't hate that pick at all. I was looking at the yeah. over-under. I mean, and- it's just like how it is with the, how the how NFL games roll. Like college over-unders are usually that high, and they have a chance of hitting because the clock stops. I think both these teams will run the ball a lot with Chris Carson. Dalvin Cook is going to take a lot of time off the clock. Uh, I just feel like these quarters are going to go by quicker, going to extend out drives <clears throat> with the run game. So I'm taking the under of 58. Yeah, don't hate that pick at all. Um, I'm actually going to lean Seahawks minus seven here. Uh, two, unit, two units on that one to win 1.82. Minnesota's allowing 31.3 points per game. I know that's not a stat. That really bodes well with your under. But I think Seattle will look to put up points after having a tough fight with Miami last week. Um, on the other hand, Dalvin Cook has been red hot. Like Travis said, they think they're going to run the ball a lot. But Seattle's actually done a pretty good job against the run this year. They're third in the league um, in terms of yards allowed per, per game on, on the ground. They're only allowing 75.8 rushing yards per game um, on the ground. So I think Seattle can really probably win this game by 10-plus points. So I'm going to give two units on them at the seven-point spread. Yeah, I don't hate that. You mentioned down the cook being red hot, which is why I think they're going to chunk, chunk, chunk down the field. The Vikings drives are going to be six, seven minutes piece if they're going to score. Yeah. So that's how they're going to have to do it. Monday night game. Talked about this one a lot too. Chargers at Saints. Saints are seven and a half point favorites over under is 52. And I think this one's so super easy. It's the Chargers, right? Chargers plus seven and a half, two yeah. units. Yeah. The fact that it's seven and a half and not seven. It's huge. And if you wait, and if you wait and get it at seven, buy that half point. That extra minus 10 is not going to kill you from going, going from uh, minus 110 to minus 120. You know, it's going to cost you maybe, depending on how much you bet, you know, 10, a couple bucks or, you know, five bucks, but buy the half point. The seven and a half is abs- an absolute must. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you got to quit making the same such heavy favorites uh, get there at home, but their defense is just so bad. Chargers have been competitive in every game. Haven't lost a game by more than seven, I yep. believe. That's what I have. Uh, yep. They have not lost a game by more than seven all year. And this only adds to my love of Herbert and Henry for fantasy pickups this week. Yeah, love that too. Um, the one thing I will say about um, the Chargers is Eckler is going to be out, but I'm not super Joshua concerned. Joshua Kelly. Yeah, Josh. Thing. He's a little fumble prone, but we'll, we'll hopefully get over that. Um, uh Keenan Allen seems to, be, seems to be finding his stride. Hopefully Hunter Henry finds his stride. I think Herbert's the real deal. Um, Saints is a, The Saints are allowing 30.8 points per game, which is a lot. Um, the Saints may win this game, but I don't think it's going to be a runaway. They only beat the fucking Lions by 14 points last week. After, this is a you know, game where I would usually bet the favorite and they get backdoor covered. I've been getting backdoor covered so many damn times this year where it's about time it happens for me. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so both going, both lean in chargers plus seven and a half, which rolls into for Monday, for the Monday night game, um, which rolls. I was going to, by the way, I was going to say, this was almost my lock of the week, but it's not uh, rolling into our upset of the week. I am ice cold in these this year. I think we've won one or two of these. Travis is actually I think won two. I think you're hey, two and I'm own four. My, uh, my huge plus two sixty Eagles. What'd I tell you? Yeah, you did. You, you called it. I'll we are actually that. both. We are both 
one and three. One and three. So we're. I think we are down down one point five units. If you would have bet on them all throughout the year, I'll tell you real quick. I have the not a bad thing. But while Jarek configures that, I'm going to roll with mine. Mine this week is the Panthers at the Falcons Sunday noon game. The Panthers are plus one twenty five. I'm doing two units on this upside of the week. Um, everyone thinks that the Panthers are scrubs at the beginning of the year. They beat, they just beat the Cardinals. They've been playing damn good football. Uh, their offense has looked good even without Christian McCaffrey. I just said that they were probably going to lock up Matt Ryan for a lot of the game. Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Their defense is just the real deal considering how bad the Falcons' defense is. They let up 100 yards less a game. Uh, so I'm taking the Panthers on the road in Atlanta, plus 125. I don't hate that pick. Real quick, we're a little bit worse than what you thought on the upset of the week. We're down 5.3 units, but still, they're upsets. They're money on upsets. They're value chasers. Um, so Travis is going to double-check me on that now. I love that pick. I'll tell you why when it leads into my next – one of my bonus picks. Um, but my upset of the week is going to be, you're going to hate this probably, but did you, did you just con- confirm my math? Yeah. I yeah. think what it was between our upset and our locks, we were up like 1.5 is what it was. Okay. Not too bad. My upset of the week. I'm telling you, I didn't like a lot of my upsets and I didn't want to double dip in that Panthers Falcons game. Cause I have a different bet in that Panthers Falcons game. So what I did is I leaned the jets it's a heavy fucking dog plus two seventy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're playing the Cardinals, and you should you should want them to lose more than anybody because they've fucking boned you the last two weeks. Yeah, um, I was going to do that, but the Cardinals are another one of my picks. Oh, so I don't know why you keep doing that to yourself. That's literally money. Take take that money and flush it down the toilet. No, because the Jets suck. They really just suck. They're playing in MetLife, and I've seen that turf eat a lot of players alive. DeAndre Hopkins is already dealing with a hamstring issue or whatever it is. Um, so we'll see about that. But, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of good reasons to, to, to pick the Jets. It was my one upset that I stood out to me next to the Panthers. I actually did, did like them a lot. Um, but they impressed me on Thursday Night Football. They hung around with the Broncos. At one point, I thought they might win. Um, now, I get, I get the Broncos were led by Brett Rippon, but still. Um, I mean, we'll see. You know, we're I'm little, send you On Sunday, I'm going to send you that video of that kid sitting in that chair crying, why the only pick that's not going to hit the Jets? Why the fuck would I pick the Jets? That's going to be you. <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. Probably so. But you're looking at a Cards defense that allowed 444 yards on Sunday to 
Teddy Bridgewater. Man, and- the Panthers, they're, which their offense has looked solid. The, the Jets just stink. I could never even – you could tell me that the Jets are a plus 9,000 underdog, and I still wouldn't bet them. I hear you. I just didn't see a lot to sit up. There's a lot of big ones this weekend, like a lot of big ones. Yeah, I almost that's why a lot of my additional picks are college picks. Mm. Yeah, a lot of big ones. So not, not in love with it, but if you're looking for a little value, maybe you want to root against fucking Kyler Murray and whatever, go for it. Um, lock of the week. Let's hit it. Lock of the week. What's yours? All right. My lock of the week is a Saturday game, college football game. Haven't done one this week for a lot or this year for a lock at 630. Marshall at Western Kentucky. Marshall is seven point favorite and I'm rolling four units on them. Remember when I picked against Western Kentucky when they were, I think, 14 point favorites at home versus Liberty and then they lost. That is a reason why I'm making this pick. Western Kentucky's defense is 50th in the country and Marshall has the top has the 10th ranked offense. It's such a mismatch. They're not going to be able to keep up with the scoring. So Marshall minus seven is the play. So Travis asked me earlier, he's like, can I make a college game my lock? And I said, I don't see why not. I mean, it's been a little bit of a different college year. Um, we got the five additional picks. So, you know, you do with that with what you please. So my lock of the week is still going to be an NFL game. We alluded to it earlier. I alluded to it earlier. The Jaguars at the Texans. Texans are six-point favorites, and that's what I'm leaning. This, and I'm going to do three units on on the Texans on Sunday at noon at minus six. This team we talked about on the intro. They should not be four. Oh, I mean, sorry, not four. No, they should be. They should not be zero and four. This is not an zero and four. Zero and four football team. By any stretch of the measure. And honestly, if you want to look at the other side of the coin, the Jaguars should probably be zero and four. That Week One win against the Colts was an absolute fluke. It was Philip Rivers' first game, and they've been exposed since then. It's looking more and more like a fluke. I think Deshaun Watson comes out and proves that he wasn't the problem in Houston on Sunday and that Bill O'Brien butt chin was. So um, Texas minus six at three units is my lock of the week. All right, let's get it. Our five additional picks. Uh, my first one, Friday game. So you have nothing to do on Friday, six o'clock. Louisville at Georgia Tech. Louisville is four and a half point favorites. That's who I'm riding. Two units, road favorites. I think this line is too low here for a Louisville team who has played a much better opponent throughout the year than Georgia Tech. Their losses are to Pitt, Miami. Georgia Tech's lost to UCF, and they just lost to Syracuse by 17. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but Louisville's going to pull away with this game because they're the much more talented team. Uh, four and a half shouldn't be too much of a problem. Yeah, I like I like Georgia Tech. I like their new coach there. He's trying to get away from the uh, the old triple option type deal you see down there, but it's going to take some time. I like that pick a lot. I do think Louisville is a good team. Um, I I have three college games, and I'll give you two additional NFL games for you. Uh, my first college game is going to be Saturday at 11 a.m. Number four, Florida at number 21, Texas A&M. Florida seven point favorites, and you should fucking ham. Travis saying the over, take it. But Florida at minus seven, hammer it. Texas A&M are absolute frauds, and Florida's the real deal. Texas A&M barely beat Vanderbilt, got their ass whipped by Alabama last weekend, and Florida has just put stomped a mud hole in everyone's ass they played. I think the same thing's going to happen on Saturday. I'm taking Florida minus seven. Travis, I'll let you talk about the over in that game because it looks like you like that one. Yeah, my next pick was Saturday at 11 a.m., same, th- same thing. Over a 57 and a half. Um, Florida's offense has been insane. They're averaging 44 points a game. Uh, 
A&M just let up 52 to Alabama. So I can only imagine, like what Jared said, they're going to stomp a mud hole in their ass. Didn't know the, the line of the, the spread was that low. But what scares me about that spread is that Florida is allowing 30 points and 470 yards a game. So the over sh- should hit no problem. Uh, I do like, still like Florida minus seven, what Jared picked, but take them both. Yeah, I do. I mean, fucking tease them. I mean, shit. Uh, that never turns out, turns out bad. I had a, I had a 10 team teaser last weekend, 250 to win 50. So I'll take it. Um, $2 50 cents with $50. So teasers can, <laughs> what a high roller. Yeah, dude. Right. <laughs> hey, that's a fucking payout, dude. Uh, that is, uh, anyway, my next college game is going to be Saturday at 3 PM. Another SEC matchup, Arkansas at number 14, Auburn. Um, the spread is 14. Obviously Auburn's the favorites. Um, and I'm going to do Arkansas at plus 14, one unit to win 0.91. Barry Odom, when he's not the head coach, he's the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. He can have that defense playing at high levels. He did on Saturday when they beat Mississippi State, who in the week before stomped LSU, put up 40 points in LSU, made K.J. Costello look human. I think they can keep this one close. Bo Nix is an absolute fraud. So they they were – I told Jared before the podcast that I had two additional picks that I wanted to throw in. That was one of them. I, t- I ended up not including that, and, and I started to fade away from it just because I feel like Arkansas isn't that good yet, and Bo Nix has not played. I, I hate Bo Nix. I don't think he's good. But I feel like he just needs a game to get his confidence back up, and he might be able to do that versus Arkansas. But I really do like that pick. Um, My next one is Saturday at 3 o'clock, another college game. It is Pitt at Boston College, another road favorite. Pitt minus six is what I'm taking. They did just drop a heartbreaker at home to NC State. Played prevent defense down the stretch, let up a last-second touchdown. Heart's broken. This is their revenge game. Boston College offense isn't that great, and Pitt has the second-best defense in college football. After talking about how defense has been irrelevant, uh, it's going to look different for Boston College to score, get the ball down the field. Defense is hard to come by, so I'm riding with Pitt here, minus six. Yeah, I mean, Pitt, I mean, Boston College is trying to replace A.J. Dillon, which is not going to be easy to do. He was, I believe, one of the top rushers in school history there. So I know you rode Pitt a lot. Um, they fucked you last week. Hopefully they can get you back. My last and final college game before I give you two additional NFL picks, um, it's a big one on Saturday night. And, uh, I mean, when I say big, I mean a big one. Number seven, Miami at number one, Clemson. Couldn't tell you the spread because I did the over-under. Um, the over is 64, and that's what I'm doing. Two units to win 1.9. I, I mean, obviously Clemson can put up points at a premium. If they put up 30 to 40, I definitely can see Miami putting up you know, 20 to 30 on their end to cover this thing. Um, I think this will be a shootout. Miami seems like the real deal. This one will be very intriguing. Will Clemson finally go down? I don't know, but I definitely think points are going to be scored at a premium here. As much as I want the spread's 13. That's too rich for me. That's why I did, that's yeah, why I did over That's what I thought too. Um, so I've got two more picks. Next one, Sunday at noon. I hate to do it, and I will hate myself every yep. second of this game. Raiders at Chiefs. I almost had this one too. I, I, so me and Travis were talking before the podcast and I'm like, dude, there's so many picks I like. Can we add more? I'm like, dude, I'm just going to limit myself to 10 because the more you add, the more you can lose. I had this on my same thing, which Travis had Arkansas plus 14. I had Raiders plus 13. If that's, if that's where you're going. 
Yep. Raiders plus 13. Seems like every time I bet on the Chiefs with the double jersey spread, they struggle. I know they pulled it off on Monday, but they look bad in doing that. Versus Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. They have a shorter week. They're playing the huge division rival on the Raiders, who have looked pretty solid up until the last couple weeks. The Chiefs struggled to contain the Patriots' ground game of Damian Harris, who hasn't gotten much action. Josh Jacobs is going to carve them a new one. I think the Raiders can bounce back, make this a close one, not going to win. Plus 13, though, is what I'm taking. And Henry Ruggs might be back this week, which is a big a big get for the Oakland – or, shit, Vegas offense. Um, and this is another game where I see that plus 13 being covered on a backdoor score. You know, the Chiefs are up 17 points, and the Raiders go down and score a pointless touchdown to only lose by 10, um, something like that. Don't like don't I actually like that pick. I will definitely tail it. I had it in my slate before I pulled it. My next one is gonna be a noon game on Sunday. It's the Panthers at the Falcons. Travis picked the Panthers for his upset of the week. I like that pick. I'm actually gonna lean the under in this game of 53 and a half. Two units win 1.82. The under in this 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 under 53 and a half would have hit in three out of the four Panthers games this year, and they seem to be finding themselves on defense. They've allowed 21 points or less in their last three matchups after, or in their last two matchups after giving 30-plus in their first two. On the other side, Atlanta was only able to muster up 16 points against a Packers team that is giving up 28 points per game. So, um, you know, I think Carolina's finding themselves. Atlanta's losing themselves. This is going to be a low-scoring affair here under 53-and-a-half in the Panthers at Falcons. All right, last one. Cardinals at Jets. I'm doing Cardinals minus seven. Only doing one unit on it. I don't know why I'm taking them again. Three uh, weeks in a row. Will, will, will you be 0-3? No, I won the first one versus the Washington team. This uh, Okay, but the last two – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the last two have uh, not been great. They've underperformed. I They abandon the run game is what they do. They try to put it all on Kyler Murray's shoulders, and I don't think he's quite at that level to do that yet. Nope. Like I said, this week versus the Jets, it's a team where they're going to be able to – spread the ball out, hand it off, throw it. Uh, I just don't think that they should even be considered a real team if they can't beat the Jets by seven. If they can't beat the Jets by seven, cancel them, fuck them, they suck. All right, Travis is going to do it again to himself. Uh, My last one is I'm going to do the Washington football team under on points. They play the Rams this week. I see that being a very boring game. Um, The Rams defense has actually been surprisingly good this year. Um, by the way, the under is 18 and a half points. It's minus 110, two to two units to win 1.82. Um, the Rams are allowing 20 points per game this year. Um, and they played some pretty decent competition, one of them being the Bills, where they let up 35 points to. So in their other two games, they've allowed very minimal points. Um, if they can contain Antonio Gibson and make Dwayne Haskins make all the decisions by himself, which I think they can do, it's going to be bad for them. So Washington football team under 18 and a half points for me. All right, you heard it there. Uh, lots of picks this weekend. I feel like it can either go one of two ways because it never is just an even keel weekend. You either win a good amount or you lose a good amount. So we've been on the we've been on the winning good amount side more times than not this year. So yeah, I won on the podcast last week. Didn't win in real life. College football was uh, not great to me, so I'm hoping that changes this week. Um, but yeah, that's about it. NFL quarter of the way through. Let's keep it rolling. Let's do it guys. You have a weekend and uh, enjoy the pod as always. 
like subscribe leave us a review we haven't said that in a while but it helps out a lot um let us know you enjoy listening to us and if you're interested in getting getting involved in betting and where to do it hit us up we can definitely help you out but other than that have a glorious weekend and see you next week Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.